In this Guyana Octohian episode, former blanket man Jake McShakish recalls his memories of Kevin Lynch from Nungiven in County Derry, who died on the 1st of August 1981 after 71 days on hunger strike. Jake was in Crumlin Road Jail with Kevin and they were then later incarcerated on the same wing in H3 in the H-blocks of Long Cash. He recalls the young man he knew, who was passionate about the GAA, about the Irish language and who believed in standing up for what was right. Well, uh, it's hard to believe that it's 40 years ago on Saturday, the 1st of August, 1981, that um, Kevin Lynch died after 71 days on hunger strike. I first met Kevin. Uh, we called him Barabbas. Um, he, he got the nickname uh, because when we went on the blanket with a big beard, he was the absolute spitting image of the character uh, Jesus Barabbas in the uh, film, 1961 film with Anthony, Anthony Quinn acted him and he was just the image of him so all all I ever think of him as is Barabbas I don't never call him Kevin to be honest except if you're formal so when I met him in Crumlin Road Jail uh, he was in before me Kevin um, he was rounded up with uh, Liam McCluskey, Sean Close, Ewan and Bradley, a whole crowd of Dungiven lads who were arrested in the mouth of Christmas um, in 1976. Uh, they were all severely brutalised in Castle Ray and then committed the, the crumb. Um, first time I seen Kevin, typical countryman, he had um, what we would describe as a 1970s porn star moustache. <laughs> that, that was the look. And he'd wavy hair. He was a lovely fella, nice and gentle fella. He wasn't, he wasn't um, overly outgoing, but he wasn't withdrawn. He wasn't an introvert or anything like that. He would have mucked in with everybody else. Um, Kevin, he was a tall enough guy. I'd say Kevin was almost uh, six foot. But the thing that really stood out to me was the flowers and the Czech sports jacket that he was wearing. And that was real for us coming from Belfast. We were all... Wranglers, Wrangler jackets, Oxfords and Granda shirts and all these countrymen come in wearing sports jackets um, and it was a novelty. Um, of course uh, in the crumb he would have been with all the other countrymen. They tortured us on a Wednesday night when they would all scream out the doors uh, at 8 o'clock on a Wednesday. It's big T's downtown country show and it was horrendous and obviously they all called us the McCooies. Uh, I didn't spend that long uh, with Kevin on, uh, in the crumb. I didn't know him well. He was a member of the INLA. Um, and they they sort of tended to stick to themselves uh, in the crumb. Once we met on the blanket, there was no factional affiliations at all. Everybody was just blanket men. And um, I ended up in the same wing as Kevin in, in H3. Um, Ended up then moved to H6, but then they brought us all back and we ended up back in the same wing. Um, the wing, and uh, it's, l looking back, and we we're all kids. Uh, Kevin Lynch, when I met him, was maybe 19, maybe 19 years of age. He died um, a couple of months after his 25th birthday. He turned um, 25 on... May the 25th, um, actually two days after he went on hunger strike. And um, so he'd have been 
two and a half years older than me, Kevin born May. I was born in August. Um, I turned 22 during the hunger strike. Kevin turned 25, so about two and a half months of a difference. Um, he, very determined guy, he, he took he took no crap from, from the screws. And when we went on the blanket, I remember at one stage, Kevin was um, really, really bad with, with a toothache. It was, it was excruciating the pain for him. He couldn't get any painkillers. Uh, to see the dentist, you had to put the prison uniform on. Kevin wouldn't do it. And for three weeks, he suffered with a toothache. And one of the lads said to him, look, why don't you ask the screws for salt? And you can rinse your mouth with salt. Uh, I was the same. I cut my wisdom teeth on the blanket and it was excruciating. Uh, but you, you just knuckled down and got on, mate. Kevin um, asked for the salt and the screw who arrived to bring the salt was what we would describe as the torturer-in-chief in H3. He um, was executed by the IRA um, after the hunger strikes. He was a Catholic from Armagh, six foot three, big ginger head on him. Um, Paddy Joe Kerr, he was killed coming out of Armagh Cathedral by the IRA. But Paddy Joe arrived at uh, Barabbas' cell. Barabbas and Stanley McCluskey, or Liam McCluskey, we called him Stanley because he looked like Stan Laurel. <laughs> so his nickname was either Stanley or Stanlock, as he got. Um, but he, Paddy Joe arrived at the cell. And we just heard the commotion. He shouted, I'll give you a fucking salt. And they battered him mercilessly. They were real bad beating. He got a couple of bad beatings himself and um, Stanley McCluskey. They were in the cell together. Stanley, um, during one of the beatings, Stanley got his nose broke and his eardrum perforated. He would also go on the hunger strike, but uh, he came off it. Um, and so, the, 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 I mean, H3 was, it was a rough shop. Um, it was pretty violent, pretty hectic at times, but there was an absolute bond, the comradeship between all the people in that wing. And Barabbas was, was up for it. Barabbas was in my Ardrang. He um he learned Gaelic um, when he was on the, the blanket. He was an avid GAA man, a big time. That was his, that was his passion. Also, traditional music and, and folk music. He uh, The night of Bobby Sands' birthday, for example, um, Barabbas got up to the door and sang his party piece and his party piece was um, Finvola, the gem of the row and it's a nice old song from O'Cahan territory which is where Kevin was from, Kevin was born in Park he was um, I think the last, the youngest child of Paddy and Brady and there was there was eight of them in total um, he wasn't great for, for books, he wasn't a great academic uh, he just wanted to leave school and join his dad in the building trade. That's what his dad worked at. And Barabbas was a bricklayer. Um, found his way into the trade. Worked for a wee while in England. And a few brothers working over there around Bedford or uh, down um, towards London. And he was over there in 75. He actually came back. He um, captained the St. Canis's team, which was, or sorry, his, his St. Canis's club, that was his club. It's now called, fittingly, the, the Kevin Lynch's. And he played right half-back, I think, in that game. Well, he always used to tell us that's what he played. And he says, oh, I'm not boasting, but I, was, I actually did play brilliant on that day. He'd only had his appendix out 10 days before that final. And he went and played. And that, 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 that was kind of the nature of the guy. He was very determined. 
he played in that match and uh, even later years when I checked up, as you always do, the the match report did say that the right halfback, Kevin Lynch from Dungiven, carried the team. And so they won the inaugural um, Felon and Yale final, which was a big honour for him. But then the following year, he had an even bigger honour when he captained the Derry under-16s to an All-Ireland Championship. That was the proudest moment of his life. He, he really, um, speaking to him before he left the wing, <clears throat> he went on the hunger strike on the 23rd of May. And um, it's, hard to, it's hard to even believe it now, but he, he lasted May, he lasted all of June, he lasted all of July. And then on Saturday, the 1st of August, he died. Big Doc died the following day and he was in H4 at the time. And then seven days later on Saturday the 8th, uh, Big Tom McElwee from our wing also died. So there were three guys on our wing who we all knew intimately well, who died on the hunger strike. And it's, it's a big percentage out of, out of what was a relatively small number of prisoners. And I know it, it affected everybody. But I was speaking to him at the mass before that they usually took them away to the hospital after about 22 days, around about that. And I was speaking to him at mass and just asked him how he was and what for. He says, no problem, I'm, I'm going to see this through. It's not an issue. He says, uh, I'm extremely proud that I represented my county. He says, and I did a wee bit uh, in the freedom struggle. He says, but um, I'm going to write the, the last chapter now. So um, he, he went on the hunger strike and by the time he died, he was the seventh hunger striker to die. We'd already lost six of the lads. Um, it was five months since the hunger strike had begun. It was, it was a mammoth um, struggle. All that I clearly remember from there, I remember all the details, but the overwhelming memory that I have of the time is of all the Catholics praying the rosary. Uh, they would pray the rosary twice a day and it would be led normally by Gino McCormick or, or Donica McNellish or one of those dairy men who were all Catholics. And um, so I never took part in it. I had no religion at all. And um, But that mantra of and then the people all answered and then the Hail Marys, and just like it's it's like a litany, it's the background noise to the hunger strike for me. And that whole um, year from March right through to the 3rd of October when the hunger strike ended, that was the, it was just that procession of death, guys that you knew very well, Dan. And um, you were in awe of their, their bravery and the, family's um ability to to stand by their sons um in later years when i became a parent i i, I fully understood how horrendously difficult it must have been for all the partners and all the wives and the girlfriends and mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters to watch their 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 loved ones down and um they were a very special bunch of people they changed the course of, of the struggle. Um, they, they changed the direction of the Republican movement. They 
began what was to be the end game in Ireland. And what I like to do um, now, when I'm, I have personal memories and all, but every time I drive through Dungiven, it just lifts my heart because you, you go into Dungiven and you pass um, Barabbas's mother and father's house. So I always remember, you know, the house. Then you had Gail Skullnachton, um, one of the strongest Irish medium primary schools outside of Belfast. You just go on down and on the left, you had Gail Kalashagura, the second Irish medium uh, secondary school, just passed that as a statue of Finvola, the gem of the row, which the song always reminds me of Barabbas. Um, the the land of O'Cahan where the bleak mountains rise. That was his, that was his uh, image of, of that area. And then you go past Finvola and on your right hand side is a huge uh, remnant of a British army barrack, now a Presbyterian church, but directly facing that is Gaelaris doing Kevin. And I just know that Kevin Lynch was the inspiration for all that. When Kevin Lynch was dragged from his bed in 1976, Dungiven was a very different place. They were subjected to orange marches. They were harassed. The British Army occupied them. It was a uh, regular uh, dealing out brutality uh, in that area. The orange men lorded it over them. I remember going through Dungiven myself in the mid-70s and seeing the Reverend Martin Smith, or sorry, the other Reverend from up Derry, standing in the middle of the street, uh, lording it, standing outside the post office. And, um, you know, it still was very much viewed as, it was a nationalist town, but it was viewed as an orange town. They, they dominated it. And you go through it now, it's just um, a gale tap, and it's wonderful to see. And I know that um, Kevin Lynch, like the rest of us, believed intrinsically when Bobby Sands said our revenge will be the laughter of our children and the kids in Dungiven are, are, are laughing and as they walk up that street going into the Gale Skulls they pass a, a beautiful mural of Kevin Lynch um, holding the cup for, for, for County Derry um, uh, when he won his All-Ireland medal. So I mean there, there's so many yarns he, he, he was always getting slagged for I was the, the um, the usual suspects, Teapot, Hacker, Geek O'Halloran, tortured everybody, Tabo Bradley. And um, they, they always um, said Pontius Pilate should never release Barabbas. <laughs> he, he should release the war guy and, and put Barabbas uh, to the crucifix. But he was crucified in his own way. He he, he didn't get an easy time on the blanket. That's... that's um, he, for whatever reason, was, was a target. Some people were targeted more than others by the screws. And um, I think part of it with Kevin was that he was very defiant. You know, he he didn't um, he didn't take shit. And I think anybody like that was just a cert uh, to get a bit more of a, a beating than, than others. So... Um, on August the 1st here, Kevin will be dead 40 years. He's dead twice as long as he lived. And um, that's a sobering thought. I mean, I'm still kicking about. Um, and 
I feel very, very privileged every day. And I know that myself and my children uh, would not be in the place we are had it not been for, for Kevin Lynch. So Barabbas, slam that of us, call us out.